Good evening, and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, along with our co-hosts, Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Hello. Good evening. Tonight, we're going to dig into the latest housing market environment with two guests. Joining us are Justin Parembo, Chief Executive Officer of the Greater Lehigh Valley Realtors, and Jill Seitz, the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission's Senior Community Planner. Welcome to Justin and Jill. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here and and join with a great group and uh, love everything that the Planning Commission does here for the Valley. Jill, nice to have you here. Good to be here. Let me just give folks a little background here. Justin is a housing market expert. Since 2015, he's managed the Greater Lehigh Valley Realtors, representing over 3,000 real estate professionals in Lehigh, Northampton, and Carbon Counties. Before joining the Greater Lehigh Valley Realtors, he served for eight years as the deputy director for the late, long-time U.S. Senator Arlen Specter. And Jill is a housing expert with the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. Since 2017, she's played a role in projects that include Future Lehigh Valley, Future LV, the regional plan. She's authored Lehigh Valley's first-ever equity analysis, worked with the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia to develop the housing and jobs market, and worked with school officials in Allentown to help close the digital divide for students without Internet access. All right, we've got some experts in the housing space with us today. So, Matt, as we sit here today talking about the Lehigh Valley's housing market, people everywhere are wondering if we're headed into another downturn where housing values begin to plummet. Is that where the Lehigh Valley is headed? So, I mean, if you're referring to the last housing downturn uh, in 2008, well, then no. This is, this is really nothing like that. Uh, I know Becky and Joe and Justin are probably have a lot to say about where we're headed, but in general, that's not where we're headed. And, you know, we, we're still, the Lehigh Valley is still one of the fastest-growing regions in Pennsylvania. You know, we add 4,000 new people every year. And because we're in that situation and because we still have a little bit of a housing shortage, that's what pushed prices up. There's still demand. People are still buying. But one of the big issues is affordability. Rising interest rates have only made that even worse. And I know that Jill and Becky are going to spend a lot of time this coming year addressing that very problem. Justin, you get to see monthly data on sales and pricing from across the region. I would imagine with interest rates skyrocketing, things are changing pretty fast. What do you see? Well, there are some changes out there. And what I would say is, you know, we're starting to see a stabilization of the market. Things were quite feverish just a few months ago and probably over the last year where we saw multiple offers. And when I say multiple offers, we saw 20, 30 offers on properties and, uh, and there was a lot of volatility in the market, as you could imagine, being a true seller's market. So when I say we're seeing a little bit of a stabilization, you know, we're seeing some smoothing going on there where I think uh, prices are somewhat coming down from the peaks that we've seen over, uh, just speaking, over the, the summer months in July, hitting, hitting the, a record price uh, on average record here in the, in the Lehigh Valley. But we do know that this coupled with inflation, those interest rates, there's a lot of changes that are occurring where we're slowly seeing it to be more favorable to be a buyer out there rather than just a true seller's market. So I think uh, we'll, we'll definitely 
see what 2023 brings. But again, as you made mention, we are seeing kind of a, a change, a little bit of a metamorphosis here. Justin, what might you say to somebody who says, uh, I'd like to buy a house right now, but I think I'm going to wait a little longer and see if prices go down or interest rates go down? Well, as Matt had made mention, uh, you know, affordability is something that we're definitely keeping a pulse on. And, and it's something that uh, affordability has been somewhat of an issue over the last three years, driven a lot by our main uh, focus, which has been inventory. But again, we definitely see here that inflation is, is we're waiting to see how that stabilizes, as well as where rates uh, definitely end up. And even more so, you know, I know the National Association of Realtors is definitely urging government officials to definitely keep a pulse on affordability. And if there's things that can be done out there to definitely help reduce costs, reducing fees for first-time home buyers, kind of expanding housing voucher programs and providing incentives for more participation in housing, we definitely want to keep that theme with our elected officials in 2023. But again, you know, I think that we're expecting these prices to still kind of remain uh, elevated here in the Valley, but I think that we're not going to see it at such a feverish pace as we did through 21 and 22. I think prices will be moderating a little bit. And again, I, I think that the rates, uh, as they just came down a little bit today, will be a little bit more stable as we go into 2023. Are there a lot of cash buyers out there or people still mostly relying on mortgages? You know, we've seen a good influx of cash buyers over the last two years. Uh, but I would say that as we are kind of uh, transitioning into a little bit more of a buyer's market, we're seeing people utilize a lot of products out there that uh, they're very mindful of where rates are presently and, you know, utilizing all the tools in their disposal, one being the 30-year mortgage rate. And in the past, what's been the, the appreciation rate or the growth rate in the uh, cost of a house, for example? If you buy a house for $200,000 today or whatever the number is, how much w might it go up in a year? Well, you know, the one thing that we've seen with the valley historically is we haven't seen these large peaks and valleys with our valuation and our pricing. We've been an up 10, down 10 style market. And I think that even though our market was hit in 2008 through 2010 through the Great Recession, as, as it's called, uh, we didn't go off a cliff like some areas like Las Vegas, Florida. So I do think, uh, you know, Barron's Magazine back in 2016 did deem us as one of the most undervalued markets by about 20%, comparing us to different areas around in Connecticut, uh, Michigan, and different areas. But I, I do believe that, you know, the gentle uptick that we've seen, that these prices are the new norm, and I don't think uh, the Valley is going to be losing value just seeing that the Valley has been so attractive to many employers and just, uh, again, the metamorphosis that the metropolitan area has, has really gone through in the last few years. I guess if you need a house, the idea of maybe timing for a down dip doesn't really affect you that much if you're going to be owning the house for 20 years. Correct. And I think uh, that coupled with, you know, the resiliency here of the Lehigh Valley being at that tip of a perfect triangle with great inroads to New York, Philly, I think the marketability of the entire metropolitan region will keep those values quite stable moving forward. Do you see anybody leaving the market, or is it staying about where it is? You know, I, I will say that we always see people entering the marketplace that are downsizing. You know, there's always individuals that might be retiring down to Florida or other areas. But what I will say is we're pretty resilient where people want to be a part of the party here in the Lehigh Valley. And again, I think that... Uh, 
we're going to have a little bit of these inventory issues continue on, as we've talked about, because of the fact that people are coming to the Valley, whether it be they're relocating here for our great educational areas or, or even growth in the job market. Becky, how does this all relate to the housing shortage we've been talking about for months? Uh, with demand moderating, do we still have a shortage? The fastest answer is yes, we still have a shortage. And last year, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we actually partnered with Lehigh County to take the first step towards quantifying just how much housing the region needs across three income ranges. And we updated this analysis with the most recent data just a few months ago, and and Jill worked uh, quite a bit on that. And we're going to be updating it yet again because of how dynamic the housing market is. But currently, while housing supply has increased a moderate amount, and we are still seeing a lot of new housing proposals coming in through the land development review process, but still the demand has outpaced by a threefold increase in households. So despite a stock of 5,606 units that are priced attainably for households earning between $25,000 and $100,000 per year, Significant housing shortages in the upper and lower price ranges reduce that stock to 832 units. And this doesn't mean that there are 832 units available on the market, but rather how many are not occupied. So for context, in a healthy Lehigh Valley market, that number should be about 10,000. So even with residential developers proposing housing at the highest rates that we've seen in years, It's an alarming indicator of just how short our region is on housing, and that is an issue that's going to worsen as our population continues to grow. Becky, when somebody comes in, a developer comes in and says, I'm going to buy this piece of land and I want to build 40 houses, how long does it take to go from here's what I'd like to do to actually starting the project? it will take a a unit, you know, a development that's 40 units is is a fairly substantial size development these days. That would have been a small development back in the 1980s, but now it's it's a pretty medium-sized type of proposal that we would see. By the time they get through the local zoning subdivision land development process, because that's all controlled at the municipal level, and get any state permits that they may need or any county concurrence that they need from the conservation districts, you're looking at about a year, give or take, depending on if they have their financing lined up or not and how long it takes them to get through the building codes process, which is the second step after the land development is approved and recorded, and go to construction. You're probably, before anybody would occupy those units, tip to tail from the start of the land development process to uh, someone like Justin selling someone a unit, you're talking two and a half years in all likelihood. So there's going to be a significant lag in the market. Justin, how long does a home typically stay on the market now? About 18 days. And uh, it's been creeping back up where we were seeing homes flip within hours, but we're at about 18 days right now on the market. But still, it's probably a good idea if you feel like you're going to be purchasing a house at some time soon in the next 90 days or so to get pre-approved, right? Yes, I think it's always wise to get that pre-approval and know what your spending power is. And I think right now it's even more vital because obviously where interest rates are, you just want to know how to put together the best offer you can with all the tools at your disposal. 
do people really negotiate still, or do you just, I mean, are people just walking in saying, okay, I'll buy it? Uh, you know, obviously, in the frenzy that we were in over the last two years, it was a total seller's market. So the, the sellers were really in the driver's seat. I would say right now it's balancing back out, maybe evening out in a healthy divide that, you know, that negotiating power is becoming ever so strong. And I would advocate that that's why you need a professional like a realtor to help with that negotiation and know actually what all of your power is to bring that closing to the table. Jill, you've done a lot of analysis related to affordability. What do the latest numbers tell you? Yeah, so um, when we at LVPC look at housing attainability in the region, there's a few different metrics we use. And Becky mentioned the analysis we did on attainability and also the housing shortage. But another key metric that we use is cost burden. And that's a federal benchmark that defines 30% of household income as the most that one should spend on their housing costs to maintain financial stability. So LVPC monitors this across the region. And today, nearly 78,000 households in the Lehigh Valley are cost burdened, and that's based on the most recent census data release. That's about 30% of all households across the region. Um, And then when you consider that the average household size is two and a half people, a quick calculation tells us approximately that 192,000 people are affected by financially constrained housing conditions. But attainable housing conditions do look different between homeowners and renters. Uh, The Lehigh Valley's median household income is about $74,000. For prospective home buyers at that income level, you could afford to purchase a home that is priced up to $176,000, which seems pretty difficult to come by these days. In the Lehigh Valley, more than half of renters are cost burdened, which is a significant difference that we've seen between renters and homeowners where less than one quarter of homeowners are cost burdened compared to that half of renters. So as Becky mentioned, even though we've seen um, housing units increase, apartment units especially have increased in the last 10 years, but those rent prices have substantially increased as well. 57% of the region's renters moved into their units within just the last five years, and the median rent for those newer units is about $1,200 per month. So as we see more new apartment units hit the market, it's likely for new renters to continue seeing their median rents climb. And I think it's also important to understand that housing attainability is an issue that we see in every Lehigh Valley community. Um, Many think of renters and think of the cities or even boroughs, Um, but our research has also found cost burden renters and homeowners throughout suburban and rural areas of the region. Um, We do have a mapping tool that shows this, um, so I encourage everyone to go to LVPC's Data LV website under housing so you can check out what the housing market looks like and attainability looks like throughout the region and within your own neighborhood. So if you were thinking about buying a house and wanted to know what neighborhood you could afford, would that lead you to that type of data or not? How valuable is this for our listeners? It gives you an idea of what prices are like in those areas, but I mean, if you look in the map, you'll see that different neighborhoods will have different varying price points, so I wouldn't necessarily think of it as a tool to be used to determine where to buy a house, but it gives you an idea of how different areas compare to other areas that you may be looking at. Jill, do you think this is a recent problem, or is this kind of more of the same? It's definitely not a new issue, though it certainly has compounded more and more over time. 
We saw housing production drop off as a result of the Great Recession in 2008, and it's really only been in the last few years that developers have begun starting to catch back up to um, how much supply has lagged behind. Um, meanwhile, as Becky mentioned earlier, the Lehigh Valley is one of the fastest growing regions in Pennsylvania. So um, we have a combination of a continual population increase at a rate that is surpassing how quickly homes can be built, resulting in um, that growing deficit of homes to accommodate those people. Becky, a housing shortage is at least partially to blame, if, if it's partially to blame. Is there anything happening to fill the housing shortfall at this time? You're the one who kind of, you're the one who gets all this on your table and has to kind of make sense of it. What do you do? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. Just to kind of set a little context, because the private sector is, um, in the development community, is really trying to rise to the challenge. And I mean, just from January of this year through November, uh, the end of last month, there were 5,770 new housing units proposed for development this year. And there were over 4,000 last year. So you know, at the end, of the, the end of the day, the development community is rising to the challenge. But one of the things that we've talked to a lot of folks, the banking community, development community, realtors, and the like, and one of the things that we'll be working on next year in partnership with all of those folks is developing a housing attainability and supply strategy. So it's really focused on the market end of increasing housing production where we need it and to see if we can do that at the price points for the incomes of the people that live in the Lehigh Valley. Because one of the, our biggest issues is the fact that there's a really large housing shortage at the upper end of the market. And so that forces people who are, you know, making well over $100,000, $150,000 a year to buy down into the more affordable or attainable market for uh, middle-income individuals. And then folks uh, with the lowest incomes have generally had a shortage for decades of units, but they're forced to buy up. So that's creating this real compression in the market overall. But we think that putting together a coalition of folks, and again, uh, Lehigh County is supporting this initiative financially on behalf of the region. LVPC will be leading it, but we'll be working with the Urban Land Institute to Williger Center for Housing, again, alongside uh, our great partners like Justin at the Greater Lehigh Valley Association of Realtors, all of uh, the banking community and the development community, as well as our school districts who often are the biggest opponents to new housing development and our local governments who need to have the regulatory environment in place to support housing where we need it the most. So we know that that's a heavy lift, but you know, if not us, who? If not now, when? And so I'm really excited to be working with all of these folks throughout probably 2023, 2024, um, and then we're going to keep rolling up our sleeves to help implement that strategy going forward. But again, it's going to be a market-based strategy. We know we have construction labor shortages to build these units. We know the increasing interest rates, and Jill has done a, a really important analysis on that that I want you her to tell you about as part of this as well. But we know there's been huge effects with inflation as well on the market. 
And so we really want to get in there and get our sleeves rolled up and start working together to unravel this over the next uh, year or two. Jill, why don't you follow up on that? Yeah, so earlier I mentioned that the median household income in the region is about $74,000 per year. So let's say that there's a household that has that $74,000 income. I mentioned that they can now afford a home price that's priced up to um, about $176,000 with today's interest rates. But had they purchased a home or were looking for a home last year when the interest rates were at 2.7%, they could have afforded up to a $237,000 home. So the distance that a home buyer's dollar can go now has significantly decreased because of the change in interest rates, and I think that a lot of home buyers are feeling that. Sometimes, Justin, people can't afford to live where they want to live, right? Well, it definitely becomes a challenge. And again, you know, we we default to the consumer in the realtor world where obviously they want to live where they want to live, and we're, we're always working to see how we can possibly open up those doors. So that brings me back to a transportation conversation that we've had over the past year, Becky. As people seek more affordable housing, they're perhaps going to have to go a little bit further out from the center of the city. And transportation becomes, I know, incredibly important because we need to allow them to have an efficient drive to and from work. I just want to reiterate, you folks are doing a lot of planning on this, aren't you? We are doing a lot of planning, but it isn't exactly how you characterize it. Our urban cores are some of the more affordable places. So are our more inner-ring suburbs that are right adjacent to the urban places, and our boroughs are Uh. some affordable places to live. So those places actually are a lot more attractive, especially to younger folks, um, people who don't want to mow lawns anymore and moving towards retirement because they got great sidewalk networks. They have great connections to park facilities. They've got access to transit. And, you know, Lanta with their new bus rapid transit plan is only going to enhance uh, that mobility, which is essentially like a train, an internal train system with buses that they're working on implementing now. So, I mean, there's a, so much going on in those areas where we already have a lot of people And making sure that those units, that there's a variety of units in those locations, so you have some more affordable units, you have some more middle-middle income units, as well as some upper-end units or higher-priced units. And that real mix of housing affordability and types with that same type of transportation access system is critical to our region not looking like some of the places that people moving into the Lehigh Valley have moved from. The different types of housing in places where we have adequate infrastructure, not just transportation infrastructure, but also access to employment and to those quality of life things that we all enjoy, whether that's hospitals or schools or parks or grocery facilities, which our urban communities all have, um, is absolutely critical to us having the type of community that everyone or the majority of people have envisioned and embedded in future LV, the regional plan. But what that really means is that we all have to realize that, especially with the decline in in-store shopping and the preference for in-app and online consumerism, that basically that old-school car-only suburban model that emerged after World War II 
is dead or the doornail, so they say, in terms of consumer preference. And so one of the places where we're going to be spending, we spend time now, but we're going to only continue to spend more time, is in those places that were built only around the car and focusing on rebalancing the infrastructure system there and the transportation system in those locations so it can also become more walkable, so it can also support more variety of different types of uses and where you have places like failed or failing strip malls or uh, commercial centers, that those can be redeveloped into mixed-use centers or maybe even residential communities that meet the needs that we're talking about today. You know, 50 years ago, people used to not be able to afford a place, and so they would move out away from the urban area. But there are more affordable areas closer to the urban center now, aren't there? Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, the Lehigh Valley story is not a unique one, but it's very much a Northeast United States story, where our areas like the cities and our inner rim suburbs, so those suburbs immediately adjacent to our urbanized places and our boroughs, have a variety of housing types and a variety of housing prices. And so those tend to be places that have some of the best value. And then because of our strong focus on farmland preservation and open space protection, that both counties and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, as well as the LVPC and many others, have worked on for decades, individual farmers will sell their development rights. As of right now, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of acres that have been preserved. Essentially what that does is it protects our agricultural economy and forms a green belt around that developed area. And that then prioritizes protection of those lands in that sector of our economy, but it also then provides opportunities for us to capitalize on infrastructure investment that's already been made in those developed places and support additional development in them. Jump ahead one year. What would you like to say happened in 2023? That we created that attainability strategy and got the banking and development community together to work with the realtors and all of the key partners that we have in the community to actually start to increase the housing supply at the rate that it needs to be increased so we can accommodate not only the workforce of today, but the workforce of the future. That's absolutely critical to not only our economy overall, but to our quality of life and to the strategy that we've all mutually agreed on as the future for Lehigh Valley. And then that that development would start to happen in those places where we need to add density. One of our biggest vulnerabilities is in our suburban shopping locations. Because as we shop more in app and online, the need for in-store retailing is declined. And you can see it all across the Lehigh Valley in those older suburban strip centers and even in a couple of indoor malls in the region. The longevity of those places in some instances is not too much longer. But they have incredible investment in infrastructure around them. And they're great opportunities to build out new housing, new mixed-use communities that actually take pressure off of that farmland development and make it cheaper overall since there's so much investment in broadband and cellular technology and gas and sewer and water and electric and all of those things. So both public and private investments around those sites. So they become some of our biggest opportunities 
to increase the housing supply. Justin, with the short time we have left, what would you advise a prospective home buyer to do? Well, I think um, first and foremost to work with a professional, work with a realtor to definitely help them with this endeavor. You know, you're hearing a lot of great statistics here and you could just hear how, you know, there's a lot to navigate here in terms of all of the volatility and making sure that you're negotiating the price and terms that you need uh, within the house. But what also I would say is that, you know, we are slowly changing from that seller's market to a buyer's market. And again, that is really putting the buyer back in the driver's seat. And again, I would still say that, you know, definitely the Valley is a gem. And I think for all of the reasons that were discussed today, you know, the collaborative work of all of these groups with the Planning Commission Center spoke, making sure that we are building a sustainable valley here with our open space as well as our growth in our housing market and just being mindful of all of the players. So I would tell home buyers that uh, the Lehigh Valley is open for business and uh, it's time to jump in. All right. We've got a nice place to live. Come join us. With that, I have to say we are out of time. This has been a terrific program about housing. I'd like to thank Justin Perumbo, Jill Seitz, Becky Bradley, and, and Matt Assad, of course. Thank you so much for being on Plan Lehigh Valley this evening. You are listening to WDIY. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. We'll see you next month.